Hi, I'm Kimbra in Los Angeles, California, and I'm talking with Kelly in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Kelly, what's your rant today? Oh, gosh. Um, well, you know what? The one thing I really hate is when people text and drive, and everybody hates that, right? Because we know it causes accidents. But what I really, really hate is when they're texting anyway, but they're going really slowly. So yeah. you can see that they're texting. I've even tried to do that. And I end up just pulling over. You might as well just pull over and do it because you can't text drive. It's not possible. It comes out really weird unless you have, if you do the text to speech. So anyway, I can always tell when I'm behind someone, they're texting, they're going really slow and they're weaving all over the road, unless maybe they're drinking. Uh, you can tell they're looking down and everything. And, um, you know, we know it causes accidents and we know right. people die in car accidents. And uh, I think it's just really selfish for people to do that. So that's my rant for the day. Well, yeah, I think that's a lot of people's rants, but I mean, no, my mother used to always complain about that all the time. She was like the text, you know, Gestapo, he's texting, <laughs> but um, my rant is very similar. Well, not similar, but it's on the same vein is like driving, right? And you know, when people cut in front of you because they realize they, you know, they're going to miss their exit or whatever, and they just kind of like, you know, without turning the signal on, but they just kind of hurry up and get in front of you. And I'm usually pretty cool about it if I'm not, you know, if I'm not in a super big hurry. So I, uh, I always let people go, but I always expect a little like, thank you. You know, yeah. when I don't yeah. that, thank you. I get really pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I just was, you know, real cool about it. Like, Rude. yeah. And most people are not cool about that stuff. Cause they get really, Oh my God, he just cut right in front of me, you know, but I'm real, yeah. I'm pretty easy going about that stuff, but I just want that little acknowledgement. Like, Thank mm -hmm. you for doing that. But they're so concerned about themselves. Yeah, I agree with that. And when you're driving, especially on the Los Angeles freeways, that is not the time right. to be uh, selfish, <laughs> to be yeah. not considerate of everyone else on the road. Oh so, I've you know. seen really nice people that I know are not, uh, do not have anger management problems turn into big road ragers, like people in my life, you know, that are just super, uh, they get super. Uh, oh, I can, I can get some road rage. <laughs> Yeah, I've made some gestures at some people that weren't very kind uh, a couple times and on the freeways in LA. Now here in Wyoming, um, it's it's a it's very different. And I've lived in a few different cities. The city I'm in right now, I love the city because it's it's got the big city feel, but it's a small town. Mm -hmm. They drive like maniacs here. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm back in LA. Because I, I got used to driving real slow. The other cities that I lived in, everybody was real slow. Um, I lived in Rollins, Wyoming for a while, and there it's a super small town and everybody drives below the speed limit. Like people are going 20 miles an hour all the time because, well, one reason is because there's a lot of wildlife. There's deer that'll be walking yeah, across the street. Yeah. I don't know how people, I, I saw so many dogs. There were dogs on the loose all the time and they, they had owners, but they just got loose. And so you really learn to drive slowly. So when I came to Rock Springs, I was frightened because I had to step it up and be a little bit more defensive driver and learn to drive a little more aggressively again uh, because yeah, people just run you over here. That's, that's very much like Washington state or even Oregon. There's a lot of deer, you know, you'll be on the road and I saw all of a sudden a deer will come in, into the road and you're like, yeah. oh. I know many people that have gotten in accidents with deer that yeah. just meandered. Well, I don't know if you know this, but when I first moved here, I hit a deer. And I was so traumatized. It was my first day going to my new job and I pulled over and bawled my eyes out. Mm -hmm. And 
I guess the deer didn't get hurt. He dented my car a little bit, but I think it's just stunned him because he got up and just trotted off. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he was tough and I wasn't going that fast, but it was pretty traumatic for me. So I'm extra careful. I look out for the deer all the time. You don't have to worry about the pedestrians there so much. It's the wildlife. <laughs> yeah. If I hit a couple of people, who cares? I just don't want to hit a deer <laughs> or a dog, heaven forbid. I yeah. know. I know. Yeah. So, um, what do you want to talk about today? Well, we were talking about a couple different things. Um, I think one super sweet, spicy topic would be Russell Brand. Ooh, yeah. You up to talk about that, Hottie? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we, we talked about him, you know, privately in the past, and then I saw this video that he did with uh, about, regarding mainly Donald Trump a few days ago. I think I sent it to you, right? And I was really impressed with that video. He... Um, He's definitely evolved as a uh, as a, a speaker and a thinker. I, I feel like he's really always trying to become a better person and be a deeper thinker on issues that that maybe you think you've thought about before, and he reexamines them in a different way. What do you think? Well, that's why I love him because I'm one of my biggest complaints is people are always looking on the surface and they watch TV. And what they hear is what they believe and they don't think deeper. And what we hear on TV is what they, what, what they want us to hear and want us to believe. Whereas why I like Russell Brand is he, he dissects it and he takes it on a deeper level. I always say you have to look at the big picture. Mm -hmm. You can't just look at one thing and what he did with that video. I had already posted that video with Donald okay. Trump on my Facebook page because I had seen it too. Um, I watch a lot of Russell Brand's videos and he was dissecting how we react to Donald Trump. And this is one of the things I always say with the media, the media focuses on the trivial parts of him. Mm -hmm. um, and not, not, not the policy, not what he's, and they do this with all politicians. And then doing it with Joe Biden right now too. They're focusing on the trivial parts instead of the very dangerous parts of both of these men. Um, we're not focusing on what the, the, the policy. Exactly. And then it becomes trivial as, and personal as opposed to um, a, about mm -hmm. deeper uh, politi politics and policy. Well, how it's going to really affect our lives, which is what sure. politicians do. And that's the interest we should have in them, not who they sleep with. I mean, yes, we want to select politicians who have good morals and principles, but who they sleep with doesn't affect our lives the policies that they enact and implement and promote or what affects our lives. And so the media tends to focus on these other trivial things. Um, and then we all get caught up in it and don't pay attention to the really dangerous things that they are possibly doing. And, you know, what's interesting about Russell Brand is I was uh, doing some research on him and I, I found that he had a lot of, of his old comedy routines, I guess, involved, you know, certain making fun of politicians like George W. Bush and, he would, yeah. One of the, it, just kind of what he's talking about now, but he's he's evolved. You know, I believe that he's, you know, he says, "Judge me now on the stuff that I'm doing now. I'm trying to let go of bad habits, bad philosophies, bad everything. I'm trying to change." That's what I like about him. Is he's always yeah. trying to become a. It seems yeah. like he's always trying to become a better person. You know? Yeah, he's who we all should be. <laughs> he's overcome a lot. You know, he had his drug addiction problem. Um, but I think he's probably always been a thinker because you don't just all of a sudden one day become a thinker. Although, you know, I don't know, sometimes things can change and uh, y your life can take a different trajectory and just uh, 
cause you to start thinking on a deeper level rather than just a superficial sure. level. I know I've been, I was a thinker as a child, uh, in my twenties, probably in, caught up in the superficial surface part of life. And then as I matured, I became more of a deep thinker again, you know, pondering what and why and how and who, and, um, all well, that. So my father was a father of, uh, he was sort of in, involved in the hippie movement and he, he went to college in the late sixties. So, you know, with me, when he had his first child, he was like, you know, constantly, my, I was constantly being challenged by a lot of thought provoking questions. My father would torture me sometimes where I, you know, when you're a child of someone like that, you're like, shut up. But you know, I think it molded. You told me, I think that's so cute. You told me how you'd be driving in the car with him and he'd quiz you on things that you'd be like, I'm a kid. I know. Well, he was, um, he always wanted, my father was not like the typical father. Most parents don't like to talk about uncomfortable things. You know, that's in the past, you know, always want to sweep it under the rug type thing. My father was the type of person that liked to always bring up uncomfortable things <laughs> and he'd say, let's talk about this. We've got it. And I, so it was just good, but sometimes he would beat it, beat it to, you know, to, to the ground. And I'd be like, enough already. Cause he was a, <laughs> He was a debater. My father died young, as you know, he was, uh, he died young of a brain uh, tumor, but he's not with us anymore. But he, he definitely was a thinker, you know, that was his big thing. He would go to coffee shops and read, you know, books on philosophy all by himself. And then, so uh, as a kid, I he was always bringing up, you know, things that we're talking about all the time, like communism versus, um, uh, socialism. So my father, I was a child of one of those. He was kind of like a Bernie Sanders type, but not quite as, you know, he didn't look anything like Bernie. Loud. <laughs> what? Not quite as loud? <laughs> not quite as loud. No, definitely not loud. <laughs> so all my friends who, who met him would always say, your dad was such a cool guy. So it, it's, uh -huh. it's definitely a, a cool thing to have a parent like that because it doesn't, uh, it, it's not unusual for me to uh, investigate things from all sides because of that reason, you know? Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, but getting back to Russell Brand, he, uh, he reminds, my dad was kind of like that too, because he was, you know, he really was interested in Eastern philosophy and Eastern religion. And I know that uh, Russell Brand uh, is, ex I don't want to say experimenting, but he's involved with the Hare Krishna movement. That's what it said in his, his bio anyway. So, yeah, it's kind of uh, he's gone gone to the Middle East. He's met the Dalai Lama, and um, you know he's exploring. I think all religions. I don't think he has one religion that he follows, but he's from what I've you know don't mean to talk like I know him, but I have watched a lot of his videos. I saw one today. He was with Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, and I love him. And they were talking about the ego, which is my big thing. I feel like once you can learn to identify your ego. You know, the ego can be, it's a really good thing for us. It's what drives us to be great and to be good and to do, be productive and do more with our lives. But it's also causes us to be selfish and competitive and, and considerate of others and all that. So Eckhart Tolle was talking about it and, um, you know, how to, how to use it to your advantage and how to identify it. I remember when I first started being able to identify my ego, I was like, that's my ego talking. That's not who I am. That's not the good Kelly who cares about everyone else. It was me selfishly. That's true. Um, I'm in that first phase. I, I, I can identify. I just haven't been, been able to change it yet. Overcome it. <laughs> well, sometimes I, recognize, it <laughs> I recognized it very early on that that's my ego. Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to change it. But, but that's yeah. the first step 
when you see that it's your ego and you know you know you're coming from that place it's a it's a lot easier to to at least recognize how you're going to handle the situation i think you don't take it as personally in some ways because you yes ego is like an entity that's my ego (laughs) yeah and you become more self-aware and um yeah he, he was just talking about how you um what you focus on in life and in some way like you know in hollywood i saw people with really really big egos and they would be very successful and i think the the ego is what drove them to be successful they would trample anyone to get ahead um you know they probably did some unscrupulous things to get ahead my ego always got in the way because i was like well i can't do that or your conscious whatever you want to call it your conscience um but being self-aware makes you a better more um, pleasant person not that i'm always pleasant because my ego still sometimes rules me but i do think it's a good thing to examine i think russell brand has done a lot of that hey did you see the video of him and his wife no you you see oh my gosh you have to look it up you have to watch it they are the cutest couple ever she's gorgeous um i guess they have two kids and they are so cute together their interaction together is just amazing the chemistry um it's really cute i think they were they were making something i can't remember what it was that they were making it was maybe like i don't know some little uh, play-doh things or something but anyway it's a really cute video and you can see why they're married and why he married her and she is attracted to him um, it sounds like he really um, has evolved. You know, I've, I only know public things that have been posted about him. Right. I, I remember I was, oh, years ago when he was married to Katy Perry, I had read that he, uh, he divorced, she publicly said he divorced her by, uh, by via text. You know, I'm divorcing you. And I remember thinking at the time, oh my God, that's the coldest thing anyone could ever do. I mean, texting anybody about any serious situation is never a good thing because texting always comes across, you know, whether it's, I fire you or, you know, whatever it is, I believe people should call, you know, yeah. or, or she, something like that should be done probably even face to face. Yeah, I was just going to say um, person. Yeah. However, yeah. Uh, on, you know, to, to give him some kudos, I also read that he, um, he was entitled to like ha- half of her 44 million, I think they said she made while he was, they were married and he didn't take any of her money. And I thought, I mean, he didn't, he, he's got his own money, yeah. but right, I right. that was very cool. You know, some yeah, people maybe, I do too. I maybe do too. wouldn't have the mm, yeah. ethics or whatever you want to call it to, to do that. Yeah. Well, the purpose of that, of in a marriage, when one person gives up their career to support the other person's career to raise kids, and he hadn't really done that for her, That's so right. there was no, she didn't do it for him, so there's no reason really to um, give up any of the money. Yeah, that's true. But it's still nice that he didn't even yeah. want to get it, because yeah. that just wouldn't just really, you know, because he's got his own money, he's got a real thriving career. It seems like he's yeah. doing more political activism now, do you think, than yeah. even like- Yeah, well, I would say maybe spiritual, soul searching kind of. He's got the video channel and I, I don't know what other platforms he's using, but I know he uses YouTube. Um, and I think he's really just focusing on doing those videos and probably just taking time for his own personal growth. See, he's raising kids, you know, he's probably enjoying being a husband and a father and staying home with his kids too, so. Like, uh, actually. I actually read that, and I don't have any of his books, but his first book was called Bookie Wook. <laughs> and then the second one was, really? Bookie, yeah, Bookie Wook 2. This time it's oh, personal. Yeah. 
and I want to I want to get some of his books. And then he had one come out this year that's called um, what is it called? It's oh, mentors: how to help and be helped. Yeah, that one came out I think this 2019 actually. So I want to get a couple of his books. I want to. I'm sure they would be very entertaining. You know. Oh yeah, I bet. Well, he's so deep. I can just listen to him talk forever because he's so deep. And the things that come out of his mouth really make you think. And I love that. Um, I think he's, you know, he's a force to be reckoned with and he's, you know, making a good mark in the world rather than just being a superficial, you know, actor or whatever. Not that actors don't make a mark too. And it's um, funny when I saw him, the only movie I ever saw him in was, um, what was it? Chasing Sarah Marshall. Is that the name of the movie? Ch Chasing Sarah Marshall. Uh, that one. Chasing Sarah Marshall. I wrote it down somewhere here. That's the only movie that I've ever seen him in. And uh, to be honest with you, I didn't, you know, uh, let's see, what's it called? Forgetting Sarah Marshall, sorry. <laughs> Forgetting. <laughs> okay. That I didn't, I mean, I thought he was okay. I thought he was just kind of like sort of typecast. And I didn't really think just, I know this is terrible of me, but just seeing from that movie, I wouldn't have thought he was a deep thinker. <laughs> so, and that's, yeah. that's very shallow yeah. of me, right? To judge him that way. But now, um, now that I've seen all these videos he's done, I was just like, wow, he's really, yeah. he's really smart. You know, I saw him in, was it Richie Rich? I think Richie Rich with, uh, Richie, Rich. Richie Rich with, I think Helen Mirren was his keeper, nanny, whatever. Oh, <laughs> that would be a funny idea. It was hysterical, hysterical. He reminds me of a guy that I used to date and I won't mention who he is because he's a really good guy too. Feelings. But he's, he looks like Russell Brand a little bit. He's, he's fun when he's drunk, likes to party, likes to drink. Um, but anyway, yeah, Richie Rich, I think that was it. Richie Rich was, uh, I think it, he was this spoiled rich guy who was or no, Arthur. It was Arthur. It wasn't Richard. Oh, well, they Rick. remade Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, they remade the Arthur. The one Dudley Moore had done. Dudley Moore did it in like the yeah. 80s or something. It was a yes. remake. Arthur. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was hysterical. And then another one, getting him to the Greek or something. Yes. Getting him to the Greek and getting him to the Greek too. I think there was two of them. I just saw the first one and it was hysterical. That character was hysterical. And maybe uh, more so for me because I have a, a guy that I'm friends with that used to, is like that. <laughs> Kind of. Well, you know a lot of Russell Brand type people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they're, you know, the guy that I'm talking about, he's really good looking, loves to party, fun, drunk, and uh, he's pretty deep too. So maybe but, there's something to drinking. I don't know. Before I, I, I watched Bill Maher, you know, the one time I saw him, he was on as a guest. He's on there from time to time. And that was the first mm -hmm. time I was really impressed with his, uh, his uh, interview with Bill Maher. And Bill Maher was like, you know, a lot of you know, uh, odd things and words, meanings and concepts that I wouldn't think as an actor or comedian you would know. And he said, I'm a public of the British public school system. And I thought that was, I thought that was very uh, interesting because I'm sure when he grew up at that time, the school system. Yeah, he has a big vocabulary, very big he vocabulary. He does. Uh, and uh, he speaks very well. Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, though, he had a really kind of a hard upbringing from what I've read. His uh, was raised by his mom and he had a kind of tumultuous relationship with his stepfather which got him into mm -hmm. trouble so mm -hmm. all that angst is usually good for comedic affair yeah well i'm glad he's having a good life now and definitely making changes in the world you know he's i, I hope he a lot of people see his videos and 
um, especially troubled people. And maybe those books, you know, being a mentor for troubled people who are, you know, into drugs and alcohol, maybe he can help them too. So good for him. Good for him for wanting more out of life. I think, you know, people get so caught up in the superficial parts of life um, that most people don't look any deeper. They're just always chasing the dollar. And he just seems like he, he's like, once I had enough money, like what more is there? You know, he wants more out of life. So good lesson for everyone to learn. There's more life than just fame. Money. I wish we had more people like him. He, he's had, you know, some controversy in the past too. He's, he's gotten fired from many shows for saying controversial things, but, uh, I always thought. Which ones? Were- I don't know. I never heard that. Um, I had read, he was on the BBC and he got fired. It was a BBC show. Uh, it was actually his show, I guess, for obscene behavior. Just, I think it was things he said. Then he made a joke Uh on some show where it was, uh, God, that famous designer. Um, there's a famous designer, um, that designed actually that he had designed things for the Nazis and, um, and Russell Brand said something like, well, you have to admit the Nazis were very fashionably dressed and he did like a Nazi walk on stage and I, I got in trouble for that too. So, you know. I never heard that. He's a funny guy. What a, what a character. Wow, yeah. I never knew that. And also, he opened a cafe I read. It's called True Era Cafe, T-R-E-W. I guess that's how you pronounce it, True Era Cafe. And it uh-huh. employs recovering drug addicts. Good for him. Where is it? Oh, you know, I knew you were going to ask me that. I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> it's in England. I don't know. We'll have yeah. to look it up. I wonder, yeah, I wonder where he lives. I wonder if he lives in LA now or if he's over in... He's probably got houses in both, wouldn't you think? Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, he's going back and forth. He does so much stuff here that it'd be hard to fly back and forth all the time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, well, well... I should look it up because we should go there. The True Era Cafe. <laughs> Eric cafe. Yeah, he was doing a show called The True News or something. The Trues or something like that. T- oh, tr- but how was it spelled? Do you know? T- was it T-R-E-W? Yeah, I think T-R-E-W. I, I don't know, really. It was something like True News or Trues or True News. You like that. You like play that. on that. So. Yeah. The truth. He's about, you know, that's why I like him, too. He, he's about getting to the truth because, um, you know, we're so polarized these days. In fact, I was a little distracted. I had someone send me um, an, a video earlier that they want me to watch. And it's about, I know what it's, it's about a man who's talking about the polarization. And I know her goal is to get me to see her side, but she's not seeing the other side. And that's what so many people do. They just want to force their side on you. I mean, I'm guilty of it too, uh, without seeing the other side, but I always see the other side. I, I do. I, I think I'm pretty good at that. And that's what I like about him. He's, because when you're trying to just arrive, you're not trying to win and you're not trying to be part of a team. You're just trying to get at the truth and make life better for people. I think that's, you know, where he comes from. And I think that's definitely where it would be great if more of us came from that place, but we don't. Right. Most Which goes back to the Donald Trump video. I thought it was very interesting because, you know, Donald Trump is such an easy target that you can make fun of all day long. Like they used to about that you like they used to do about with George W. Bush. Um, but he was saying how you're, you know, when you do that, you're like I said, you were taking you're making it personal and you're just talking about uh, trivial things as opposed to deeper things. And so he didn't just make a video attacking Donald Trump on his things that everybody normally does. 
but he was looking at it in a bigger, uh, bigger way. Yeah. 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 He has the knack for that. And I really respect him. That's like, he wants to take something and dig it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you always have to look and say, but why is this? Why is that? You know, why, why, why? You just keep asking, why do they do this? Yeah. It's wrong for somebody to steal. Yes, that's wrong. Period. So we should put, punish them. But why did they steal? Is there, is there a valid reason? Is there a good reason why? And then if we know it's a certain reason, then how can we fix it? How can we help them become a better person? Just like drug addicts. Why are they drug addicts? How can we get help them? And I, that's something that I don't claim to be an expert on, but um, why, you know, how does someone become a drug addict? How can we improve our society so that not so many people are addicted to drugs? Well, like my one friend who's, um, who's an AA, she always, um, which, you know, it's a term everybody knows, she calls it self-medicating. And usually people self-medicate when they have a pain or a hole and then something they're trying to fill, avoid trying to fill. And I, I feel like a lot of drug addicts and alcoholics have some, you know, a lot of them are molested. Uh, you know, that seems to be a problem with a lot of people that got into drugs at an early age. Uh, you know, sometimes their parents, there's been a few occasions I've heard about where people, their parents kind of got got them into drugs. Like Robert Downey Jr. says that his dad started getting stoned with him when he was really young. And then it just makes it seem normal. And then you start doing drugs. So that is one um, scenario. But I do, I know more people that are, have had some kind of tragedy in their life that they're trying to fill the void. Bury the pain instead of addressing it. That's why I mean, we have to say, why, why, what is it that caused you to want to bury that pain instead of addressing it, living through it, exercising it? Yeah. Um, I mean, we all have, uh, we all have pain to a certain degree, I believe, you know, for me, music was always an escape for me. That's why I got involved in music because I would just play music all the time when I was like 12, 13. My father was also very influential about guiding me because he liked certain musicians so he'd say you got to listen to this person you got to listen to that person you know um but then I, when I found out I could sing I was like huh I can kind of sound like that person <laughs> and I'm but luckily yeah. I was right I wasn't like just delusional like oh I sound just like this person <laughs> yeah. that's what got me uh so for me music was a great outlet which I think a lot of people the arts are that way too a lot of like Russell Brand I think he got into comedy because comedy is a great uh, cathartic when you have a lot of pain you want to yeah. make people laugh and then it, plus it makes well, you better and even because I can't sing at all I love your voice I love to hear you sing and that can be cathartic for people too just to hear other people that's why we watch movies as an escape we're watching other people live we're living through them um, comedy makes us laugh uh, music you know moves us in different ways so um, yeah, hats off for people in the arts. I have great respect for people that, uh, that's you know, do it. And that's why I believe like the arts should be kept alive, even in really tough times in the economy, because yeah. it's not just a frivolous thing that rich people want to go, want to do or can afford. It's, it really, it helps people to, in an escape, an escape, but it also documents things that are going on in society too. Right, yeah. right. I think it's a necessary thing that people that we should keep in our school systems, you know, even for sure, for yeah. sure. And even, you know, even if you're not good at it, just to experiment, you know, when you're a kid, you're taking art class and you're drawing and painting and um, cr- being creative, 
because throughout life, there's going to be times when you, you need to be creative, whether it's at your job or with your kids or just expressing yourself. So yeah, I think um, the arts are undervalued in our society. I agree. I believe in America. That's one of the, I love, I love America. Oh, but happy 4th of July. <laughs> Happy 5th of July. <laughs> yeah, happy 4th of July. I do love America. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a patriotic person. I just feel though that one, one of the things that we're, we're not so good about is we put money, the bottom line of the dollar above everything most of the time and that we don't value things that they don't seem to appear as a money-making endeavor. Sometimes you need things that don't equate to money to keep health and soul together. You know? Well, our patriotism is superficial. It's all symbolic. <clears throat> you know, the flag, people freak out over burning the flag, but they don't seem to have a problem with a cop shooting someone who's not armed. <laughs> it's like, well, what was he doing? It doesn't matter what he was doing. He's handcuffed and laying on the ground right now. You don't kill him. Good point. Uh, you know? uh, so I do think we tend to, um, you know, even on both sides, we, we have, we make symbolic gestures. Um, for things instead of real change that That's would true. actually uh, change lives and improve um, the issues that we're all fighting and arguing about all the time. Nobody does anything to change it. So anyway, and I'm sure I bet Russell Brand would, would agree with me on that. <laughs> it starts <laughs> with the individual love. That's what it <laughs> Yeah, and it does. You know, it does. Yeah, it's like uh, we got to practice what we preach, right? Small little changes to yeah. make the world a better place. Anyways, well, I am going to go off now to prepare for my big uh, post Fourth of July barbecue. Oh, okay. Believe it or so, not, I am okay. <laughs> have a good time. I didn't know you were going to do a barbecue today. So well, cool. Barbecue for two. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> You're your stepfather. Okay. <laughs> we have some family over. <laughs> Aw, good. That's good. Well, nice chatting with you, Kimbra. Yes, um, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.